Welcome to Stories from the Revolution. I'm John White, and the theme or focus of the episodes of this podcast is about an amazing spiritual revolution that is currently underway. This revolution is taking place in America, but also many other places around the world. In this podcast, I want to explain what I think this revolution is about and what you can expect in future episodes. Let's start at the 30,000 foot level, the, the overview, the historical perspective. Often I think that we are so close to our particular group of trees, our slice of the world, our particular church experience, that we can't see the forest. So, What's the big picture of what God is doing in America and indeed around the world? I want to start with a book that is simply called Revolution. This book was written 15 years ago in 2005 by George Barna, a well-known church researcher. Back then, Barna was seeing the beginnings of a trend that he felt was hugely important, a sort of groundswell that was just getting started. Uh, here's what Barna wrote, quote, this book is about an explosion of spiritual energy and activity that we are calling the revolution. An unprecedented re-engineering of America's faith dimension that is likely to be the most significant transition in the religious landscape that you will ever experience. This revolution is on track to become the most significant recalibration of the American Christian body in more than a century. Notice these words, re-engineering, recalibration. 15 years ago, Barna could see the beginnings of God re-engineering or recalibrating his church. At roughly the same time that Barna's book came out, <clears throat> Reggie McNeil, a Southern Baptist church consultant wrote a another book called The Present Future. Here are some relevant quotes from that book. He said, the current church culture in North America is on life support. It is living off the work, the money, the energy of previous generations from a previous world order. He went on to say, the imminent demise under discussion is the collapse of the unique culture in North America that has come to be called church. This church culture has become confused with biblical Christianity, both inside the church and out. There's another quote. So far, the North American church has responded with heavy infusions of denial, believing the culture, the culture of the world around will come to its senses and come back around to the church. Finally, a growing number of people are leaving the institutional church for a new reason. They are not leaving because they have lost their faith. They are, they are leaving to preserve their faith. Maybe a key phrase from Reggie would be imminent demise. And this is, again, his, pers his perspective from more than 15 years ago. When these books and others like them came out years ago, many church leaders felt like their message was excessively extreme. 
alarmist, perhaps. As Reggie wrote, heavy infusions of denial. But it turns out that the revolution that they foresaw, uh, what was coming, was actually deeper and broader than even they had imagined. All right, fast forward to 2015. Sociologist Josh Packard publishes the results of a quantitative study called The Exodus of the Religious Duns, D-O-N-E-S, Duns, colon, research revealing the size, makeup, and motivations of the formerly churched populations. Josh was also quantifying the demise that Reggie saw coming all those years ago. He showed that this demise is no longer imminent, it's here. Here's the key quote from Josh's study. The data from the National Survey revealed that 31% of American adults, of all the adults living in the U.S., 31%, which is 65 million people, were once regular church attenders, but they have opted out of organized religion altogether. Roughly half of these 65 million people, or 30.5 million U.S. adults, still express a Christian identity. He calls these people the duns. They were once part of a church, often as pastors or leaders, but they've now left and they aren't going back. In addition, Josh found that there are also about 7 million almost duns. These are people who still attend an institutional church, but are thinking seriously about leaving. These statistics are simply stunning. The revolution that is underway is simply massive. Josh also published the results of a qualitative study called Church Refugees. Sociologists reveal why people are done with church, but not their faith. Based on in-depth interviews with 100 people who had left the church. So here are a few quotes from that book. Many see leaving the church as the only way to save their faith. Sounds a lot like Reggie McDeal, doesn't it? Another quote. What emerges from our data is a picture of a desire for community life, but not one that's centrally organized by a large institution. In other words, all the cell groups, Bible studies, small groups, organized by some sort of institutional church is not what they're looking for. There's another quote. The de-churched, the duns, are not angry. Leaving simply reflects the firsthand experiences that led them to conclude, here's the key idea, churches, as they are currently constituted, are ill-equipped to support the flourishing life that they hope for. All right, here's more evidence of the demise of the, ch- of the current church culture. In 2019, a group of 50 evangelical scholars, pastors, church leaders met together at Wheaton College to consider the state of the church in America. These are sort of top-level leaders. Tim Keller, well-known Presbyterian megachurch pastor, was one of them. Mark Lamberton, who's the president of Fuller Seminary. It gives you an idea of the type of people we're talking about. 
Here are some of the statistics that they considered. <clears throat> in 2010, at the height of the so-called church growth movement, there were about 324,000 congregations in the U.S. That's a ratio of about one church for every 1,000 people. Remember that number, one church for every 1,000 people. Tim Keller said even that is not really a great ratio. He said it really should be something like one church for every 300 people. This group projected by the year 2050, there will be about 400 million people in the U.S. Just to main that, maintain that ratio of one church to every 1,000 people, we would need a total of 400,000 churches. That's an addition of 76,000 churches between now and 2050, or about 1,900 new churches a year. All right. Let's think about what are we actually doing right now in terms of planting new churches. In 2014, there were about 4,000 new churches started in the U.S. That's the good news. However, in that same year, 3,700 churches closed. That's the bad news. That means a net gain of only 300 new churches a year. That's a net of about six new churches per state per year. The conclusion that this group of 50 leaders reached is that if our goal is even the relatively modest goal of one church for every thousand people, we aren't even keeping up with population growth. And our goal of one church for every 300 people, we are hugely behind. Based on that statistical understanding, here's the really stunning conclusion that these mainstream evangelical leaders came to. And it demonstrates that they, at least, are no longer in denial about what's going on. I quote, they said, the pastor-led, program-centric, building or facility-based church that is so predominant in the U.S. today is the church that is positioned to die. Let me read that again. The pastor-led, program-centric, building, facility-based church that is so predominant in the U.S. today is the church that is positioned to die. And that is even more so true if churches lose their tax-exempt status, which is certainly an increasing possibility. They said this, We have effectively been starting blockbuster video stores in 2019, and no one is coming. You know, 20 years ago, everybody went to blockbuster video stores to get movies. But the paradigm has changed. And if you notice, there simply are no blockbuster video stores around today. But that's the kind of church that we keep starting. And their conclusion was um, nobody's coming. They said that we need a way of being church that makes disciples who make disciples. Currently, what most churches are good at primarily is making spectators. They said, we need to stop professionalizing the clergy. This kind of training is not happening in seminaries or in legacy churches. Here's the key phrase. <clears throat> we need a new paradigm of church. So the view from 30,000 feet is that the revolution now is well underway. Even traditional, traditional or legacy church leaders are beginning to see it. 
and it seems to be even gaining momentum. Josh Packard, in his book, wrote <clears throat> this, the de-churched, that is the duns, may represent the proverbial canary in the coal mine. In other words, the revolution is really still just getting started. Now, seismic changes like this is difficult and disruptive. It's hard for a lot of people. But it's also hopeful and exciting. Along with the changes, God has been raising up various groups and communities that have a vision of what church could be, new paradigms of church. The Luke 10 community, which I'm a part of, I was one of the founders of this 12 years ago. The Luke 10 community is one of those tribes. We are a community of men and women, spiritual moms and dads, who have embraced the revolution. We believe, in fact, that God is actually the one behind all of these changes, that he is the initiator of the revolution, that he is drawing his people back to his original intent or blueprint for church. Foundational to what we believe is this simple equation, that church, in the New Testament sense of the word, church equals family, not primarily an organization or an institution. What we are working on is a way of doing and being church that flows spontaneously, that's a key word for us, spontaneously, from the work of the Holy Spirit. We call this kind of church a vibrant family of Jesus. It's a place where Jesus is the one who does the heavy lifting, where he is the head of the church in actuality, not just in theory or in name only. Often I will say to people, so we believe that Jesus is the head of the church. And I say, no, really, we believe that Jesus is the head of the church. Because that's a phrase that I used for a long time when I was a pastor in traditional churches. We said it, but we often didn't live that way. This is a revolution of joy spreading like a benevolent virus from household to household like the early church. One church historian noted that the early church conquered the Roman Empire one household at a time. This is a revolution fueled by joy, not by guilt or obligation or by duty. Tim Keller talked about a current ratio of churches to people of one to a thousand and said that we are falling quickly behind even that number. And he proposed a far better goal would be one church for every 300 people. In Luke 10, we think even that is inadequate. Our goal is something closer to one church for every 100 people. In fact, we talk about the Luke 10 vision, which is to see a vibrant family of Jesus. That's kind of our word for church, a vibrant family of Jesus in easy access of every person in every people group and every region on earth. Let me say that again, Luke 10 vision. And we talk about this all the time in our community. The Luke 10 vision is to see a vibrant family of Jesus, a church in easy access of every person in every people group and region on earth. Crazy goal, but that's what we're committed to. And we have a paradigm of church, a way of doing and being church that we think can get us there. It's a simple process that thousands of people have already embraced, again, around the world. So this, is, um, this works in different countries, different cultures. And it allows every believer to make disciples that make disciples. It's a way of doing and being church that allows any believer to say, I could do that. Simple church sometimes is what we call it.
In this podcast, future episodes, I'll be sharing what we are learning about this revolution. I'll unpack five core values that shape the culture of the Luke 10 community. I'll share practical how-tos that we are learning, specifically two rhythms of attention, that's what we call them, rhythms of attention that make church both transformational and viral, as well as being incredibly simple. I'll share about what we call the 10 to be prayer, which comes from Luke 10, verse 2, part B, which we have come to understand as the leadership solution. The key to planting new churches is having the leaders, having qualified, mature, godly people who can lead those churches. Uh, We think Jesus gave us the key to that. And I'll share some uh, lots of real life stories of where this spontaneous expansion, spontaneous church planting is occurring in countries all around the world. So if you're listening to this podcast, uh, I invite you to come and see. Come and see if you resonate with the values and practices that are being lived out. This isn't just about a good idea, a nice theory. This is actually happening. If this sounds good to you, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and join the revolution.